Welcome to the Market Leaders Podcast, where you'll find valuable marketing and business development insights from innovative thinkers. The podcast series is brought to you by Ackert, the company behind Pipeline Plus. Tired of overcomplicated CRM? Pipeline Plus is the easiest business development tool you'll ever use. It helps you organize and focus on your most important relationships. With instructional e-learning tutorials and concrete suggestions from our built-in AI, Pipeline Plus gives you everything you need to get new business from your existing network. Visit AckertInc.com to learn more. Hello and welcome back to the Market Leaders Podcast. I'm David Ackert, and today my guest is Mandy Hicks, the Director of Marketing and Communications at English, Lucas, Priest, and Housley. Mandy, great to have you with us. So happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your firm. Sure, absolutely. So as you said, I'm Mandy Hicks, the Director of Marketing Communications for English Lucas Priest and Owsley, which can be a mouthful. And so we have shortened that to LPO, LPO, so you'll often hear me referring to that. Here locally and across the state, we're mainly known for corporate defense. We can handle the really complex litigation, but we also do the personal injury and the plaintiff's work. We are the largest law firm in Southern Kentucky and outside of the major markets here in Kentucky, like Louisville or Lexington. Prior to coming to Elpo, I had the amazing privilege of working with Elpo and all of the attorneys um, when I was doing marketing for the United Way of Southern Kentucky, which is actually literally located right across the street from Elpo here in Bowling Green. So it wasn't a long walk across the street, and they saw what I was doing in that marketing world and wanted to bring me over, and we've just been going at it ever since then, and it's been an amazing process and amazing to see these attorneys really start to get into the world of business development. I would love to hear a little bit about how you're steering the firm to new heights from a business development. Sure. And so by the title of Director of Marketing Communications, you can probably understand that the original intent was they were going to have a marketing person in-house for the first time ever. Prior to my being here, they were actually outsourcing their marketing needs to someone who wasn't from the community, didn't live here, on kind of a part-time basis working with them. So when they brought me in-house, the idea was, we'll we'll have this full-time marketing person here. And very quickly, we all realized that I had a lot of strengths that lied more in the business development side of things, which is also where the firm need to be heading in addition to my marketing skills, experience, and capabilities. So I had full support from the top down from the moment that I came in. And one of the first things that I did was sit down with every single attorney, and that gave me the opportunity to get to know a little bit more about them and also go ahead and start to build this trust factor. And I did that in the first 30 to 45 days that I was here. From there, I was able to identify certain attorneys who really had a good level of thinking and awareness about strategic planning and business development and really had a love for it and I could tell really wanted to get into it more. One in particular is one of our rising stars and she is an amazing attorney who's well respected and an opinion leader within the firm though not quite a rainmaker yet. And so I kind of brought her on board and I said hey let's look at this and let's figure out what we are going to do to be able to make this work. Because right now, I feel like we're, we're just kind of doing random acts of marketing and random acts of business development. There's no strategy behind it, and we need to figure out what we're going to do to make this work. So right. we sat down, and we talked together, and we realized one of the big things was, one, business development is the long game. It is going to take a while to get this culture shift here to go throughout Elpo. Even though we might be considered a smaller firm with 29 attorneys here, 
it is going to take minimum of five years to really start to see this shift really start to turn here. And so we said, okay, we get that. We understand that. So we said we need to have some kind of tracking mechanism in place and some kind of system of really substantive trainings because we think we have this handful of attorneys, a really good segment that want to do these things. They just don't know how. They went to school to be able to practice law but didn't realize they were also going to have to do these business development things. So um, we understand that what doesn't get tracked doesn't get done. And so we said, how can we take a step back and start to look at this? We see this often. More as you call it, random acts of marketing, a bit of a slapdash approach to business development. You know, a random lunch here, maybe a, a speaking engagement there, but no real cohesion to it. And so you came to the table and said, okay, let's handle two key issues. One, we need to level set the business development acumen. We need training across the board. And two, we need tracking so that not only do the lawyers know what to do thanks to the training, but they are now doing uh, effective business development in such a way that we can actually measure where it's headed and that it's ultimately moving in the right direction. Have I, I captured that correctly? Absolutely. So how would you know that you've been successful? Let's say we hop in a time machine, we turn the dial, it's now three, four, five, whatever years from now, uh, and you get out of your time machine and voila, your firm has a, a, a great business development culture. People throw these words around and I'm always curious as to what that specifically means. Where's the evidence? Is it just there's a feeling in the air? Is it the lawyers are more enthusiastic or, or is there really something more tangible that can be pointed to? Well, actually, I think the answer is yes to both of those. One, I do think that there is an actual feeling um, just from listening to them and how they talk to each other and how they talk about things mm -hmm. that you can get to understand when you've started that shift towards a business development culture. And second of that, I do think that there are tangible tracking systems that you have to put in place. So at the end of the year, you can go back and look and see in real time, how much time has been devoted to business development and what has been the success or the lack thereof with that. Like you said, with us, we are starting at ground zero. Yeah. So when we said, okay, we want to increase our business development efforts, well, we didn't even know what our business development efforts currently were. So we had to take this year one and kind of say, okay, let's at least go ahead and start really tracking these things so that come to year two and year three, when we look back and say, we want to increase our efforts by 10% or this many more hours, that we at least have a benchmark and a starting point to be able to say, and this is what it was last year, and this is where we need to go from here. So you've licensed our training videos and our pipeline tool. Uh, talk about how those tools have played into this and how it's been received by the lawyers. Sure, absolutely. So again, once I roped in the attorney who um, was also interested in all of this strategy and business development and the tracking behind it and the substantive training, we sat down and we looked at a couple of different options. I reached out to some of my colleagues through the Legal Marketing Association and said, hey, what's going on out there that is really working for people? I want to have examples of things that have worked. And one of the ones that came through was the pipeline tool. And so we sat down and we took a look at it and we said, you know, this is really hitting on everything we need. Because one, not only is it just the tracking tool that we've said, we've got to be able to put some accountability behind this, but also it's the substantive training that we've been talking about that we also need. It's also the ease of use and the ability for our attorneys to be able to log in on their phones and enter this information in. So we said, wow, this is really 
breaking this down into bite-sized pieces that we feel like we'll be able to bring our attorneys into. So uh, we took a look at the 29 current attorneys we had and we said, okay, what's the best route to bring in certain cohorts to start this? So the first cohort we brought in was a group of sick practice group leaders. And because they're already being seen and being groomed as leaders in our firm, they're not our founding members, they're not our rainmakers, but they're the opinion leaders and who people look to and turn to. I think that was really key for us as well because now they're already looking to the next people in their practice groups that they want to bring in. While we have somewhat of a loose mentorship program here at Elpo for legal mentors, we don't have a mentorship for business development. And so now our cohort of six is going to become business development mentors for our next cohorts that we'll be bringing in. The neat thing, too, about bringing together practice group leaders was that we had a cohort of six people that all practiced in different areas that weren't always communicating about what they practice. Of course, our practice groups get together and they talk a lot, but none of the practice groups are really talking to each other. So they were able to open up the lines of communication and bridge the topics of things like cross-selling to be able to help each other. And it was interesting to see the ways that each of them would take the videos and the training and the opportunities with the tiles and tracking their action items, because I think sometimes it can be really overwhelming to the attorneys. And so we said, hey, guys, listen, if we can get 20 to 40% better as a result of this, then we're already doing really great. And we're 20 yes. to 40% better than we were last year, whereas attorneys typically want to do everything 100% right. Once they heard that, they felt more comfortable with it. And once we said, not every video is going to be exactly appealing to you, but you're going to find some that yeah. really register and really hit. And we're not going to try to fit a square peg into a round hole. We're going to customize this based upon what you feel comfortable with. They really started to open up then and really started to see how all of this was going to be able to play into something that they were going to be able to feel comfortable with for themselves and for their practice areas. Are you starting to see new revenue, new opportunities come into the firm through this initiative? Yes, we absolutely are. Um, They have been entering in their revenue. We've already seen this pay off. Um, We, of course, signed up for the five-year license, and we've already seen it pay off in year one. Um, And again, we've had attorneys that said, hey, I just developed this relationship with these folks who are now going to be able to refer this to me. I would never have thought to contact them and even broach this subject had I not been part of this program. And again, it was just a shift in thinking. They were just so busy in their everyday lives. They didn't take that step back and go, oh, wow, this is that low-hanging fruit. And whereas before they might not have known the first steps to take or even the second step or the third step, now they have the confidence to be able to know what to do. Yeah, it's so important to remember that lawyers are never going to have confidence in an area that they don't have competence. And so that's why training is just so key. You know, this is a population of people that are used to, as you say, getting it right the first time, getting it 100% perfect. And so unless they think they've even got a shot at that, you know, you're going to find that they're reluctant to to engage. Absolutely. And so, of course, in between each of our mastermind sessions where we come together and we talk about the videos and we talk about challenges and opportunities and wins in the world of business development, and they have to watch their videos before they come in. And then to also hear them kind of, you know, jab on each other if they didn't watch the video or if they didn't do the action steps. You know, it was really cool just to see that camaraderie start to build. And and we've started to really have fun in these masterminds. 
That's great. Are you using the pipeline scoring uh, sort of like a, like a leaderboard? Uh, another opportunity for jabbing, obviously. Ah, my score is better than your score this month. But I wonder the, the degree to which the, uh, the business development health scores in pipeline are playing into this. Yes, they absolutely are. Um, each week, of course, we have the rankings of most proactive and strongest closer, and we always report on those each week. Um, about monthly, I will send out a little, hey, congratulations, look who has the highest score this week, or look who's closed the most tiles. Um, and then they'll notice the names that aren't mentioned in that, and that's typically what lights the fire under them. <laughs> we also joke about how, because I can go in and see right before we have our mastermind, um, when the last logins were. And so I'll, you know, I'll go in there and sometimes be like, yeah, I know three of you just watched your videos this morning, so it must be really fresh on your mind. Yeah, right. Um, if somebody's not doing as well and I can see that they need help in the tiles, I don't go so far as to really point that out in the masterminds. But uh, like today, I might say something like, hey, I need you to stick after class today. And everybody's like, ooh. <laughs> you know, but it, it's coming from more of a supportive thing because one of the things that I learned, I think that has really helped this group is that, they know how much I care about their success because yeah. I live by the belief that people don't care until they know how much you care. And so I myself have created my own tiles for my own business development purposes and for helping mm. them in their business development purposes because I told them at the beginning, I am not going to ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. And I will tell you my score as well. And any, and I am here to support you 100%. And I think that really helped them understand, too, that it's not just me coming in and barking at them to do these things, but that I'm willing to walk alongside them. I dare say what you've described, even in year one, is very much reminiscent of how you explained that. I challenged you a little, right? I said, okay, so business development culture, what does that look like? Some of it is in the way people are talking to each other and interacting with each other and just the energy that you feel when somebody says business development at the firm, it's become playful, it's become welcome. Whereas before you came around at Elpo, it might not have been so much that way. So these are all part of that evolution that we talk about when you know, we think about a, a business development culture uh, gradually advancing at a law firm. Yes, absolutely. And I think not to be forgotten about that culture is the true essence of teamwork. Again, you know, we were sitting in one of these meetings and one of my attorneys who um, from a different practice area said, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm working as hard as I can. I'm bringing as much business as I can. I don't know how to become more profitable in this particular area. I feel like, and, and she's wonderfully profitable. Um, but she's like, I just, I know I feel like every year I need to try to do better and I want to do better for this firm and bring in just more money every year, but I'm literally running out of time. I don't know how to how to make this more profitable. And one of the other team members said, your value to this firm is not only based upon your profitability. It's based upon the amazing work that you do and the work that we can do and that have, we have a referral source to you from the work that you do. And I thought that yeah. was really cool. And that's one of the things that I've loved too about this process is those who have said, well, I've got all the business I can handle right now. And then talking about though, but is it the kind of business that you want? Is it the kind of business that is making you happy? And I think that was something they didn't realize, oh, what, I have an option in this, that I can take a step back and pivot and start to get the A clients that I really want so that I'm happier every day when I come to work and therefore will become more profitable. And I think that's something they had just never thought of. They just thought I'm going to have to spin in this world of working over here in this way, shape, and form, not realizing there's some things that I can do to improve my daily life and the work that I do. You know, these are 
elements that any firm can apply, whether or not they're licensing our platform, what you've done here in terms of um, understanding where the lawyers are so you can establish a baseline, training the lawyers so that they have that competency that we talked about, tracking their business development activity so that you can start to forecast uh, new revenue, new matters, aligning their pursuits with their heartfelt interests so that they actually have buy-in and they have an enthusiasm around it, creating kind of a playfulness uh, around it in the way that you present it and the way that you communicate about it. And then of course, ultimately tracking that revenue, which as you pointed out has already um, been profitable uh, in year one. Yes, we definitely see using this um, over the next five years in a number of different ways, and it'll be able to easily see how it all rolls up into the bigger plan. Again, with having my practice group leaders in this first cohort, I, you know, they are tracking their internal practice group business development plans that they've created for their practice groups through this already. Um, they're already creating tiles. And it's interesting, too, because not all of their tiles are just about themselves. It is develop business plan for practice group or um, cross-sell, look at other opportunities of how I can cross-sell better with this other practice area. Hmm. Um, so, yes, we definitely see how it all rolls up into the bigger plan. It is so useful to have some clear way of being able to ascertain how each lawyer at the firm is contributing to the firm's strategic plan. I completely agree because I think, and I've been through a number of different strategic planning processes throughout my over 14 years in marketing at different organizations. And I, I always tend to get a little frustrated at the beginning because I've seen so many of them fail and not fail from the point of view of the planning. The ideas were great. It's the implementation where it starts to fail. People look for those accountability structures. There yeah. needs to be something there that they look to, and that's what will keep them moving forward and stepping forward on the implementation so it doesn't keep falling down the to-do list when they know that they're being watched. For those who are listening, you know, one piece of advice here is just start somewhere. Uh, take a page out of Mandy's book where she says, you, if you can just go for 20% improvement or 30% improvement, that alone is well worth the effort. And getting it all right is probably a, a fool's errand anyway in terms of the objective. So, uh, you know, starting with a particular practice group or starting with a particular office or uh, starting even with a cohort of lawyers at a particular vintage, any of that is uh, just fine. And, you know, you can, you can grow and advance from there. Absolutely. Like you said, yeah, just start somewhere, especially if you can start to just at least get those benchmarks in place. If you have some way to be able to identify where some small, quick wins might exist, that'll really help to be able to accelerate you as well. So tell us, what resources do you turn to for inspiration and professional development? Sure. Well, first and foremost, I've had the opportunity to get to know and develop and build relationships with a number of different people. Um, one is Carmelo with Ackert, uh, and he is the my train the trainer. For those who don't know him, Carmelo Milamachi is on our, our faculty at Ackert. Yes, completely invaluable. Again, and as because the first couple of masterminds, I needed somebody to turn to. I needed somebody who'd been there and done this and seen this before. It was great to be able to turn to him. Um, and then, of course, there's all kinds of webinars that I sometimes put into a folder and say, I'll watch that eventually. But there have been a few that have come down the pipeline that I've watched that have really been able to help me. And listening to podcasts like this, learning from other people is one of the easiest and best ways to be able to learn. Well, thanks for uh, putting your trust in our company and our product. And thanks for sharing your thoughts today with our audience. Well, and thank you for the opportunity to be able to give back because I've been given so much. And thank you for everything that your team has done for me. And thank you for not letting us down. 
Today's episode was brought to you by Ackert, the company that solves business development problems for professionals around the world. Visit ackertinc.com to learn more about our consulting, coaching, and technology solutions.